Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Here Comes a Thought. Um, I am your host, Kat, with my lovely co-hosts. Mark. And Jen. Okay, so we're, we're a little kind of like off. We've been trying to set up the mics so that everything sounds good. Um, so hopefully we will have this now at a good level for everybody. Because um, yeah, I know I hate it don't... when I have to. What? I was going to say, hopefully we don't destroy your headphones anymore. Oh, please. The, the headphones I'm working are still are still crap headphones because I haven't been able to buy another pair. So hopefully um, next week I will have a new pair of headphones to record with because these are driving me crazy. Um, they're like a cheap pair of headphones that do not have a mic on them. But uh, because they're cheap, I keep hearing like a creaking in my ear. And it's the most annoying thing in the world. I am so sorry. So. Alrighty. Let's let's start. So we are doing um, episodes 19 and 20 today, right? Yes. Yeah. That's so, Rose's room and Coach Steven. So, um, who wants to st- Well, actually, Mark is our... our uh, Synopsis guy. Synopsis dude. So, Mark, start on Rose's room. <laughs> all right. So, I just had a nice, lovely refresher. So, all this is pretty fresh in my mind. So, Rose's room starts with Steven wanting to hang out with the gems. He uh, eats four cans of creamed corn because they have coupons on the back so that they can all go mini golfing. But the gems have to go on a mission and they say that they can't hang out. So, th- Steven then spends all night playing a video game that's kind of reminiscent to, to Pokemon, but instead it's like putt-putt golf. And right when Steven unlocks this awesome super secret ending, the gems come back and they're completely in his way and Amethyst inadvertently uh, breaks the TV by trying to show him the cool uh, gem artifact that they found, which is the Wailing Stone. So Steven gets upset and he like he wants something for himself but you know whenever he does like it doesn't go his way or whatever and then he wishes that he could have a place just for himself and he then unlocks Rose's room for the first time and decides to just uh, jump straight into it uh, ignoring the gem's warning of not going in there and Steven learns that the gem that the room itself can actually make anything that he wants all he has to do is say it and the room will make it poof out of nowhere like in the form of a cloud um eventually though steven gets kind of bored and kind of lonely and he wants to go back outside or i'm sorry he doesn't get lonely he gets hungry and so he wants to go to the big donut and so the the room itself creates a fake door and leads out into the town and because the room can't really handle that big of a task it's like kind of glitchy it's not acting right and it really freaks steven out and uh it terrifies steven to the point where he's talking with his cloud dad as, as i'll call him and he realizes something's amiss and when he tries to eat the donut that he had acquired earlier it poofs away and that's when he realizes that he's still in the room and then the room just sort of like breaks down like everything just starts deleting itself and and entering into a void and then as Steven's kind of falling after trying to run away, he really wishes that he can come back outside to the gems and then the door opens and he can, and then he pops right back out. And then it ends with everybody going and playing mini golf and Garnet is in Greg's golf pants. There you go, guys. The synopsis uh, for this episode. So who wants to take it off from here? So um, I like that Jean thinks I'm going to automatically go to Stephen doesn't have a room in the yeah. temple. You've talked about that so much. And I think this is a time for you to go all out on that. So um, 
this is the episode where you start to go, wait, Stephen has Rose's gem. So, of course, Stephen doesn't have a room in the temple because he's sort of like the new clone of Rose. So, Rose's room would end up being Stephen's room. Um, but this is the first time he has access to it. So, um, I mean, I don't, I, I can't say he doesn't have a room. The problem is, you know, before he didn't. This episode, he does. Um, and this is where we start to see a lot of those things of, yes, he has a lot of Rose's powers, the healing ability, the shield. Um, and we start to see more of... Stephen doesn't have his own identity. And it's evident in the fact that instead of him getting his own room in a temple, he gets Rose's room. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would love to see if Stephen ever gets his own room, but I think no matter what, he's just going to get Rose's room. Yeah. I think part of it is because the way gems are, it's like their gem is sort of their identity. Yes. And so I think the rooms are sort of made for each gem specifically. And I don't think this is an episode where Stephen is going to his room, but he's going to his mother's room. Um, and he's and it's a room that he's unfamiliar with. Mm-hmm. And so in, in the temple, every room is made for its owner. And so this room is more like him trying exploring that part of the house that used to belong to his mother and he's he's more exploring that that whole concept more than saying like this is going to be my room from now on well i think the other thing is that in this we're starting to see that steven um the the fact that the room is will kind of grant your your every desire sort of wish thing Mm -hmm. um the fact that he has no concept of what to do with that room is is parallel to he has no idea of what who his mother was or what his mother was yeah you know so this uh, so the the room is almost a, a symbol of the the lack of connection to his mother I also kind of think that the room itself, kind of going off what John said earlier, is like the room is also a symbol of Stephen's lack of identity. Because since Stephen is a half-human, half-gem, he doesn't quite fit into both cultures. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that, you know, he's entering her, you know, Rose's room like this and having no idea, you know, how it's used or what it's used for... It kind of shows that, like, you know, how he said how the gems and the gems themselves, like their gemstone is like their identity that defines who they are. And Stephen has a gem, but because he's half human, he doesn't fully commit to that thing. So he doesn't have that knowledge that the gems have when they are created. So in this case, he doesn't have that identity yet. He's still trying to figure out his place in the world. Yeah. I wonder if Rose's room was always this sort of matrix of like personal desires or if it was if it had more of a structure when Rose was there. I guess that's something we're not going to know. Yeah. And the other thing was all the other rooms, pearls, garnets and amethyst mm-hmm. had a clear connection between them that we were able to see in Together Breakfast where he fell into Amethyst's room, and then the tubes led to Garnet's room. But Rose's room seems like it's just it just goes on forever, and I, I wonder if that room is connected to all the other ones, or if that's also a sort of metaphor where none of them are are connected to Rose anymore. It's like a separate space that they can't access. I I mean. And I guess it's going to be one of the situations where I'm going to say, based on what we actually know in the future, I would say that Rose's room is actually more of the, 
it, it's showing that the other gems have not just no connection to Rose anymore, but don't really know who Rose is to begin with. Yeah. And oh my god, there's a lot of stuff I want to talk about, but it would be such a spoiler discussion. I know, that's... Oh yeah. my goodness, you guys, you have no idea. I have so many theories here. Yeah. The, the, the room shows so much in the... It, you can discuss with what we know in the future versus what we're going... What we understand right now in season one. Um... But again, being the fact that Steven doesn't know his mom, the room is just exactly that. Yeah. I don't know my mom. I don't know this room. Um, but I have my mom's crystal. And and you also have to remember, a lot of times he doesn't refer to it as his crystal. He'll say it is his mom's crystal, mm-hmm. which goes to that, like, he has that... Um, he has to share those two cultures and he doesn't feel completely whole in either one so he's got the gem culture he has the human culture and neither one of them are actually um whole for him he doesn't really feel that that he is identified as either one just yet so yeah i I like the room as as that sort of metaphor of him not show not knowing where he belongs and still just being um a part of his mom yeah or or perhaps not knowing what he wants as well um which is a more literal sort of interpretation but so let's start why does he go to that room and it's because he um he doesn't have that privacy that he wants he wants to be able to hang out with the gems but after they just keep on going on their missions and he's alone in that house he starts to also crave a little bit of privacy and for him to his life to not be tied to that of the gems which i think is a development from uh what we've seen as the series goes on if that made any sense that that makes perfect sense he has to deal with a lot of the um so developmentally, when we look at kids around Steven in this age, this is where they're starting to um, figure their own identity out. And part of that figuring out who they are as a person is also part of the the individuality, the privacy, things like that. So being able to say, okay, I know at this time I get to be by myself and I get to think about things that I want to do and this is the time that I'll be with the family and this is the time where I'm at school and this is the time when I'm with friends. Steven doesn't have that structure in his life. Yeah. Um, and I think this is where we start to see his resentment to the fact that he doesn't have that structure in his life. Yeah. Um, and also because he lives in the atrium, mm-hmm. he doesn't get to choose when people go into his room. Exactly. He doesn't have that privacy that we should have as we grow up. Mm-hmm. And so when he was playing his video game, they were having that conversation in front of him. And then they, they turned on the Wailing Stone without regard for what he, was, he wanted at the time. And this is what sort of stimulates him in sort of desiring privacy. And, you know, sometimes I just want to spend this time by myself. Mm-hmm. And that's what opens the door. And so how's the room? It's just clouds. There's like nothing there. It's a bunch of pink clouds. And like Steven notes that it's it's pretty empty in there. Mm-hmm. And then when he mentions the word bed, like, oh, there's not even a bed. All of a sudden a bed materializes. It kind of poofs in there, kind of like a cloud. And... So then Steven kind of tests it out. He's like, oh, you know, a bed's nice, but what about a quadruple uh, bunk bed? And all of a sudden, three more beds sprout underneath the original bed, making it like that. And then he says with a slide, and then poof, there's a slide that he goes down. Yeah. And so it's it's kind of like a lucid dream, Mm -hmm. the room itself, where he sort of can think things into existence, but he's not fully in control of it. 
Um, and nothing is, when he tries to summon a donut and tries to eat it, it doesn't really, it's not a real donut. So everything that's created there, it's sort of like a projection or like a, a, a sort of imaginary object that sprouts into existence when he thinks about it or wishes it more like right yeah yeah no totally so I, I think this is where we start to say like Stephen again he doesn't know what exactly he wants in this um I like when he starts doing the I wish I wish my parents would have given me more advice about like life and stuff um cause then Greg sh- sort of appears um and isn't there like a little the, the little pink whale is, shows up right yeah there, and the, there, what he asks for a, a little pink whale and so he says he wants to leave the room and what the room does is literally take him to an imaginary version of Beach City Well, the pink whale is uh, Rose's voice, right? At the end of the episode, yeah. Uh-huh. When she to... says, what do you want? Yeah. Well, I mean, technically, we don't know that because we haven't heard her voice at this point. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. But it it's is. Just an, spoiler. It's just a, yes. That, that's <laughs> spoiler. Minor, very, very minor spoiler. That, that is Rose's voice, but it's just something we don't know yet. It's something that you kind of piece together when you go back and rewatch it and you hear it, but... It, it it makes sense considering it's her room and it, it does beg the question of whether it's like some sort of consciousness of Rose that is actually speaking to Steven or whether it's just it's because it's just the voice that the room knows and it's just using it to convey the message to Steven because it knows that you know that's her that he has her gem and so it's using her voice to sort of speak the room itself is speaking to Steven yeah, I think it's a bit of both. I think it could be sort of the room speaking to him, and it also could be sort of his unconscious, uh, something deep inside of him mm-hmm. longing for his mother to sort of cater to his needs. The connection. Uh, yeah, for that connection. And so what appears as a voice that we can't recognize at the time later turns out to be Rose's voice. And I think that is meaningful. Um, but so when the, when the town starts sort of appearing, it's a pretty weird uh, situation where everybody is sort of automated and it, it looks like sort of robotic. And so he's freaked out by this. And then there's a point where this imaginary world sort of stabilizes and that's when Greg appears and that's what you were talking about, Kat. Mm-hmm. Well, and it, it's funny that he's like, it's, it, it, it is automated. It's very robotic. Um, but it also shows where Steven is in life because any other kid his age probably would have thought of some really fantastical stuff when they were when they realize that the room pretty just make pretty much makes anything that they want um and steven just is like okay well i kind of just want to get out of here you, you know he's very much i like being in beach, beach city i like being um able to talk to the to the people from beach city um lars sadie Mr. Smiley, they're all my friends, and I know exactly what to expect from them. Yeah. Which is why their responses are automated. It's a very childlike thing of, if I see Sadie, she's going to ask me about a donut. She's going to give me my donut. It's going to be this. You know, um, there's no real, like, this is who this person is, and this is why I can give them a more defined... um, background yeah you know they're not going to have a more defined dialogue because i know them from you know big donut i know them from fun time arcade i know them from you know uh 
whereas Greg, he has a little bit more of that, uh, you know, he knows his dad. So he's going, but he's also going, the room is giving him what Stephen wants, what Stephen knows of his father. My dad is kind of silly. This is why he, you know, he'll, he'll give some really smart remark, but then it'll be kind of punctuated by something juvenile. Yeah. And just the air guitar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, maybe because he's the most stable uh, construct that the room makes, it maybe speaks to maybe that's part of what Stephen desires most. And I think the episode goes from the most superficial things that he desires, like a bed or or a donut. And as the episode goes on, it goes deeper and deeper into what he actually wants in life. Mm-hmm. Sort of culminating in, I want advice from my father. I want my father to always be there for me. And I want to go back to the gems. And I, I do still crave that belonging. Um, I think that's sort of how it goes. Yeah. And uh, I think it's just funny how uh, Greg, his first advice is, you know, everyone needs someone all the time now and then, which was maybe what he needed at that point was to have somebody confirm that he does need his privacy and somebody sort of affirm his his needs. And then, you know, it, it all goes... <laughs> down the trash and he starts saying well the important thing is that family friendship and honesty values and no one got arrested and (laughs) you know i really wish my parents would have given me that advice i think i would have grown to be a better person with that sort of advice but yeah that's sort of the room sort of malfunctioning and steven not knowing what he wants and sort of just putting together all the nice things Greg could say into a logical, trying to be logical sentence. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and nobody got arrested. Yeah, that's uh, good. That, that, that is actually some pretty solid advice. Um, I had a, a kind of a similar take on that whole instance with Greg. I, I think like, I think like what you were saying was true with, you know, in the beginning, it started off very superficial, started with more of those external needs. But then as Steven started going deeper into this panic mode, um, it started he it started tamping into his more like internal driven fears, which in this case might be, uh, you know, his, his dad, because his dad is one thing that he knows he has. And so the room is playing off of Steven's prior knowledge, and it's trying to take all this stuff that steven knows about his dad and you know uh compartmentalize it into this one cloud greg and i feel like the room itself is kind of it's starting it starts off really great and because this is the one thing that steven really wants the most the reason why it can be so stabilized is because or i'm saying that's the reason why it's so stabilized is because it's what steven wants the most and uh because of that it starts off okay, but the room itself can only work with so much at a time. And it's still, it's like kind of like a computer where it's still running the town in the background. It's still background tasks going. And so it starts showing its cracks that Steven starts seeing. And then the more Steven starts to panic and realize that things are amok, that's when it starts going more downhill into the weird wonky advice that he gives. And that's just my kind of, like, personal take where, like, yeah, it does start off superficial, dives more internal, and because of that in, inner innate focus and innate desire to be with his dad, because Steven is still a child at this point, that um, it can stabilize the room briefly, and then it just, you know, crashes. Blue yeah. screen of death. The, the other thing is what... Pearl says at the end is that um, Stephen mentions that he was back in Beach City inside the the room, and she says, "Ah, uh, a whole town like you you can't it, it can't handle that much uh, sort of processing power." I don't know what it is that she says, but it's pretty much like it, it, the room also malfunctions because what he was expecting was a whole town. Um, and that's 
too much to desire at one point for that room. Mm-hmm. So I think the room works better when you're asking for a bed or a donut. <laughs> well, and I, I'm gonna I'm just gonna throw that out there, but the possibility of the reason why Greg was such a solid figure in the room may just be because the gem knows Greg. Like the gem has previous knowledge of Greg because of um beca- because of Rose. Yeah. You know, so there's very much that possibility that the gem is going, "Okay, well, Greg is like this because this is what I've seen of him from his interactions with Rose Quartz and now his interactions with Steven, so he can be a solid figure whereas the rest of the town um Rose really didn't interact that much with the rest of the town. You know what's really interesting? I wonder why the crystal gems weren't in that town, right? Right. They were never rendered. So it was only sort of humans that were rendered in that town. Yeah. And I think this has a lot to do. Um, you know what I'm going to do after we post this? Mm-hmm. I want to write down a spoilerific uh, discussion in the forum. Okay. Because I think this has a lot to do with Rose and the way she is and what she wants specifically. But, yeah. Okay. Oh, 100%. Is there anything else we want to talk about in Rose's room? No, um, I mean, we got everything. It's, it's, Stephen, this whole episode is a lot of Stephen just kind of wanting to have a connection with someone on his own terms. Um, which he doesn't have based on the fact that he doesn't have his own room. He doesn't have, you know, he, he, uh, he interacts with the town based on a sort of kind of almost fluid schedule. Um, I, I, I think the, the combination of the, the, I'm sorry, the gem is Stephen's but it's also Rose Quartz and him having to identify the fact that as much as he wants to be his own person, he still is not. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, the room is, is sort of the, that manifestation of, um, yeah, you're still pretty much just your mom in a, in a different sort of uh, meat suit. Yeah. <laughs> it's the only way I could describe it. So, Coach Steven, go, Mark. Do your thing. Oh, boy. The synopsis already? All right. <laughs> so, uh, with Coach Steven, um, they're going on a mission, um, and they have to go to this old communication hub that Pearl explains is emitting these electromagnetic uh, frequencies, and to for Garnet to kind of put it in terms that Steven can understand, uh, the hub is hurting television. And so Steven's like, you know, freaking out. He says, I'll save you television. And he starts trying to destroy the hub. And then uh, uh, Pearl points out to Amethyst and everybody that it would, if they all individually were to attack the hub, they would be there probably all day destroying it. And Amethyst admits that she's right. And Garnet then says uh, to Amethyst to fuse with her to form Sugalite. Now, when Pearl hears this, she's immediately like taken aback and trying to talk them out of it because she, I, I, I it kind of felt like she kind of feared what Sugalite is, mm-hmm. and then suggests that uh, Garnet fuse with Pearl instead, but. Uh, you know, noting that they should do, they should be careful, and Garnet's response is, "We don't need to be careful. We just need to be huge." And so <laughs> they fuse, and uh, Sugalite is makes her debut appearance here, and she immediately starts showing off to Steven, showing Steven, you know, her strength, her weapon, and everything, and immediately gets to work on the communication hub. Uh, Pearl gets kind of upset and 
uh, frustrated with Sugulite because uh, Sugulite's not really paying attention, being very reckless with how she's handling the situation. And so she takes Steven and they warp away back to the house. And almost immediately after they warp out of there, uh, a a rogue rock destroys the, the warp pad. So after seeing Sugulite's massive strength, Steven wants to be strong in the real way, as he puts it by getting beefy and so he enlists the help of sadie lars and his dad uh to create a gym and they all start working out on the beach and this kind of upsets pearl because steven says to her that you know he wants to be strong in the real way like sugale even though pearl's trying to tell steven that there's plenty of other ways to be strong it isn't just you know raw strength and then we have pearl's song her first song, if I'm if I'm correct, it's her first song, and it's basically she explains how you know she wants to be, uh, she wants to show Stephen that uh, they are strong in the real way, um, and that she wants to be this source of influence for Stephen. And after a day, a, a hard day of working out, Stephen is incredibly sore. Um, and Sugalite then returns and gets a little bashful and she seems very annoyed with Pearl because they, they'd all left her and on the island to deal with the hub. Uh, they fight a little bit. Uh, Pearl is, uh, easily overwhelmed and feels that she's not strong enough to handle Sugalite. And then Steven comes to the rescue and gives her the moral support that she needs to, uh, finally best Sugalite and force them uh force Garnet and Amethyst to uh defuse and to which they are incredibly sore and Pearl in the end rubs it in everyone's face that of course she was right because Pearl is always right (laughs) I love Pearl Pearl's the best so I just want to start off and I'm sorry I just want to start off and say um in this episode we also have, I believe, the first guest appearance uh, in the show, and that Su- Sugalite is voiced by Nicki Minaj. I did not know that. I was amazed by that revelation. I learned about that shortly after I watched the episode. Um, I remember my friend was telling me that, oh yeah, you know, you know that uh, Sugalite is uh, Nicki Minaj, right? And I was like, what? Yeah. Nicki Minaj does a did a voiceover for for Steven Universe, really? When when I actually first saw the episode, they promoted it on Cartoon Network that Nicki Minaj was going to play a character, and that was how they got like people who would not watch Steven Universe to start watching Steven Universe. Well, I mean, it was a good it was a good tactic. I I do say so myself. Yeah, I mean, they got someone who is was famous at the time. Um, I don't know. Is she still relevant? Yeah. <laughs> kind of. Okay. <laughs> um, they got oh, her. God. I'm sorry. I, yeah. <laughs> the, She's these really ar- relevant. The, these artists are relevant for like 20 minutes and then they're gone. So. I disagree. I think they're relevant for life. It's just that we don't pay attention. So. She's no longer relevant to me. Uh, <laughs> but who am I? I'm just I'm just somebody who has a podcast. I'm not like somebody that she's going to be beefing with like uh who's the other one? Cardi B. Oh boy. Yeah. So, okay. um so I like that you think Sugalite looks like Vegeta cuz she does. Yeah, um and I think this this is a, a direct sort of reference where um they wanted to portray this sort of unbound power that's uncontrolled. And I think they did a really good sort of parallel to uh, Saiyans when they turn into their ape form in Dragon Ball. And uh, yeah, I sort of put a picture in my notes like of them side by side. And the, the similarities are uncanny. So yeah. Well, Although I I do want to make the the small little nit, very very nitpicky point, yeah. and that you shouldn't have used a Vegeta because Vegeta actually has control over his great ape form. So if you'd use like Goku or Gohan 
or any other of the, the Saiyans other than really Vegeta, it would have been okay. But again, just a nitpicky thing. Sorry. Dragon Ball fan over here. I failed you, Mark. I'm sorry. Well, what I was going to say is I think this is how um, Rebecca Sugar shows her little nods to her fandoms because she throws things like this in a lot of the episodes. Yeah. Um, This is the first time that it's been an actual, like, major sort of character. But um, do we know for sure if Rebecca Sugar watches Dragon Ball Z or if it just happened to be that way? I I think I remember her... I'm, I think I remember her saying that in the Steven Universe podcast, which is a great podcast, by the way. So if you really want some insider knowledge on how it's how the show is created, I highly suggest checking it out. But I, I think at one point, I think she made a mention that she she does. You know, she's into anime. She's oh, I'm assuming she's watched Dragon Ball uh, and Dragon Ball Z and stuff like that. So I, I don't know if maybe Sugale is directly based off of that. But the, the similarities and the, the way the characters are the characteristics between both both forms is it's uncanny and i don't want to i don't want to believe that it was just pure coincidence yeah so that's just my take on it if anything it was an unconscious influence um but aside from that she references anime a lot yeah she does. um she's she brings a lot from anime that we don't see in many other cartoons um american cartoons animation and uh, she takes a lot from, I think it's Revolutionary Princess Utina, which was a revolutionary girl, actually. It's sort of like a, a very feminine sort of um, anime. I've, I've only seen like a few clips, and there's a lot of references in fight scenes, especially the way Pearl fights, um, that she takes from that. And she, she always takes stuff from other media to sort of imbue her work with and give it her own meaning. So the main theme of this episode is sort of like strength, right? And I think there's a lot of ways we can explore that in this episode because it's represented in so many ways. And I'd like to start with, I think, the first moment when we're starting to see about this sort of discussion about strength is when Steven tries to break down one of the pillars using his punches and then Amethyst tells him like, no, you have to be at least three times as strong. And then she turns into a stronger buffer version of Steven and starts breaking down that crystal. And I think that's where he starts sort of being more self-conscious about his strength and, you know, wishing to be stronger, to be stronger in the way that Sugilite is. And so when they decide to fuse with and, and turn into Sugilite, Pearl is apprehensive. And why was that? Well, I think, okay, so I'm going to be completely honest. Yeah. I think Pearl is attracted to power. Yes. So her first connection, of course, was her uh, sort of on and on again, off again, romantic relationship with Rose. Um, Rose is now gone. So Garnet is the next um, person with power in their group. Yeah. So she is then attracted to uh, Garnet. Yes. Garnet, of course, is in love with herself. So. There's no way we're actually, you know, that was actually going to happen, but we don't know that until later. <laughs> um, but I think this is part, you know, part of the reason why Pearl doesn't want uh, the fusion between Garnet and Amethyst is because, one, she does know Sugalite is kind of out of control um, because that's just who their personalities are. Yeah. Um, so when the two get together, it's kind of an out of control type of person. Um, but on top of that, it's also she feels as if she can lose Garnet if Garnet fuses with Ameth- Amethyst instead of her. Yeah. Um, and I say that based on the fact that the fusion dance for Garnet is kind of sexually suggestive. Yes. Um, Amethyst is a little bit of like kind of twerking sort of thing. So there, there's kind of a little bit of sexiness going on with her. Yeah. Um, 
so so there's that idea that yes um a fusion can be seen as sex we can you know we saw that before but being the fact that garnets is a ballet mm. no you mean as pearls a, i mean pearls is kind of a ballet i'm sorry i i'm i'm sleepy um pearls dance is is a ballet dance whereas everybody else is this sexually subject suggestive type of dance you know so pearl has that thought that okay well garnet's you know going to be doing this with amethyst and i don't want steven to watch this because she does cover his eyes yeah. um but then it's also that whole like it is a jealousy thing oh now she's going to fuse with amethyst and i'm going to lose her for this moment yeah um, and, and there's a part in the song that we're going to discuss later but where she says can't you see that she's out of control and overzealous and I'm saying this for this for your own good, not because I'm and she cuts off, but you know that she's about to say jealous. Mm -hmm. And so I, I really, I, I don't know if I've said this enough, but Pearl is like my favorite character. And so she's very complex. And I think there's a lot of motivations between behind her not wanting Stephen to see Silky Light. She wants to be a good influence on Steven. She's, she's sort of the one that wants to guide his hand in whatever he does. Mm -hmm. But she wants to do it in her own way, uh, quote unquote, the real way. And she also is jealous that she, she's not willing to admit it. But she is attracted to Garnet. She is attracted. She wants to be the one that people wants that Garnet wants to fuse with to solve problems, mm -hmm. and she wants Stephen to see that as well. So there's a degree of mothering and caring that goes into it. There's a degree of sort of vigilance of you know we're gonna cause more damage than harm, and there's also a degree of pettiness and jealousy that really makes the character complete and and complex. And I just love it every second of it. I feel like she wants to be the one that she, that um, they all sort of rely on. Yes. Um, and again, maybe that goes to she, she didn't feel that Rose relied on her enough. And maybe that's why um, they quote unquote lost Rose. So instead of, you know, being able to save Rose from Greg and from getting pregnant and then having to give up her form for Steven... Um, you know, if Rose had relied on Pearl more often, she wouldn't have been in that situation. So now she wants to prevent Stephen from making those same mistakes. Yeah. You know, and, and again, that's, that's me really reading into the episode, but, um, but it's also based on what I've seen of Pearl through just these few episodes. Yeah. And also Garnet is so incredibly self-confident that I think most gems just want to fuse with her because it's you get to be part of something that is so self-confident and so sort of it it sort of as a source of comfort mm -hmm. and as a source of like um you know I want to be a part of this of this whatever you have going on and I think we know as the series goes on we know what is that that she has going on mm-hmm but yeah, we're not gonna go into that. Yo, not I, I mean, yet. I, I I think I'm gonna probably follow suit with John here and post a spoilerific thing in the forums after this episode goes mm -hmm. up. Because upon hearing her song, I have so there's so many connections to the to the late, way later episodes that like I'm hit, like it's hitting me now with all the realization. I'm just like in awe and disbelief that Rebecca Sugar had planned all of this stuff out and dropped all these very, very subtle hints that you wouldn't have known or realized until the episodes now. And it's it's fantastic. And I, I was blown away when I rewatched the episode. Yes. So then after this happens, Sugulai does her thing. She's extremely dangerous. She harms Steven uh, indirectly, but uh, a rock falls on him, even though it's not it's just a little scrape, but it's enough for Pearl to say, you know, I have to get Steven out of this situation mm -hmm. before things 
uh, out of control, and that's a responsible thing for Pearl to do. And so we continue talking about what I think this episode strength is very linked with gender and the expression thereof. And so we also start seeing this after Stephen comes back. He goes to the donut shop and he sort of flaunting his battle scars. Mm hmm. In a sort of way that shows that, you know, if you're damaged, that sort of proves that you've been through some stuff and you're strong in a certain way. Uh, but then they sort of laugh it off because since it's just a scrape, it sort of turns over and, and to a point where the assumption is that Steven isn't strong, where he's sort of like a wimp uh, and he has to man up. And so Lars starts sort of showing off, trying to show off, saying that uh, if I wasn't so humble, was it that he said? You know, I would show you my six-pack. Modest, he says. Modest, yeah. If I wasn't so modest, I would show you my six-pack. And he <laughs> tries to open a jar, and he can't open it, and Sadie opens it. And there's there's a whole conversation that can be had about just that dynamic where men are expected to sort of posture their strength um, and sort of prove that they're stronger, uh, whether it's by something as mundane as opening a jar. It's a sort of thing where if you let the woman do it and you don't do it, you're not able to doing it yourself. It has some implications as to your strength. And I don't know, what do you guys think about that? Well, I honestly think that... I think what this show, what this episode is trying to show is that gender has absolutely nothing to do in terms of one's strength. Mm -hmm. um, considering, like, with the gems themselves, like, yeah, they're technically... They're agender, they have no gender, but they use, you know, you know she, her pronouns and everything like that. And... They're they are beefy. They are very beefy. Sugalite, <laughs> yeah. in and of herself, is like fifty times the beefiness of, of, a, of like let's say Garnet, and Garnet's pretty tanky. Yeah. So in, in this case, it's also showing uh, even with the most mundane things, like with Lars and Sadie, like you know Sadie's able to open up the jar with relative ease, and Lars was sitting there struggling. And then it's kind of funny the with the little one-liner that Steven delivers about trying to get them to work out where, you know, uh, he says to Lars, you know, like, oh, and, and you're not going to starve if Sadie divorces you. Yeah. Kind of, infl uh, kind of inferring that, like, they're going to end up together because it's just the way their dynamic is where he's... And, you know, he's suggesting that maybe Lars is, isn't true to his feelings for Sadie or something like that. But mm -hmm. all I know is, is that Lars and Sadie is Steven's headcanon, 100%. Yeah. Oh, it's it's almost everybody's headcanon. Yeah. Correct. Um, I like the fact that Greg comes out of nowhere and is just like, hey, um, yeah, so I guess I put on some weight. Cause you know I don't have a I don't have a schedule or anything, so I I can work out with you guys. Um, but Lars, this this whole thing of it, I don't know if it's more of a juvenile perception of what strength should be on Stevens' mm -hmm. um, point of view, because when he starts to talk, to, uh, well, when he starts to sing the song. Um, in relation to Pearl's version of the song, um, he talks about being strong in the real way. Also, he wants to be able to inspire people. He wants to, people to to stand up and listen to him. And I think it's more. It goes more to his uh, his desire to actually be the leader that his mother was. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think he knows sort of what strength uh what strength is based on the concept of being able to help people help being able to lead people um and not being uh wholly dependent on people and and i think those are his ideals of a strong 
person. But when he comes to that physical manifestation, it's it's sort of the like, okay, so how does a, a person who is a strong person look? Then, yeah, he goes to that like more, well, they look like the wrestlers that I like to watch. Um, yeah. They work out all the time. They they lift a lot of weights. They're doing like crazy jumping jacks. Um, so so there's that that whole idea of like there's there's the the really positive aspects of strength, plus those more physical attributes of strength that I guess can be viewed as uh, wholly masculine, but they aren't. Um, yeah. So and, there. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. So there's something I just wanted to mention to sort of tie this in with our the uh, the previous episode. So Greg doesn't appear out of nowhere. Um, Steven asks him to sort of build a gym for them. Yes. So it, this is sort of going back to the concept where Steven trusts his father for everything. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't see Greg and you think sort of that picture of strength that that Steven has envisioned for himself. Mm-hmm. But he still goes to his father because he sort of trusts that his father will know how to how to sort of solve any type of problem. And it's sort of like a, a, a hero worship of his father. Well, but, so yeah, is uh-huh. that is that appropriate for a kid his age to still kind of depend, not depend, but feel that his father would have all the answers? Not really. <laughs> I wouldn't say so. Um, which we've discussed quite a few times where... We don't know if he's acting like a teenager or like a kid, and he sort of moves between those spaces rather um, fluidly. Yes, and this but is that, th- this episode is definitely evidence of of that. Yes, and so let's go into the song, right? You know, there's something I find really interesting about the song because we've mentioned before. Mark, when you were talking about Pearl, you were saying that Pearl was sort of saying that there's various ways of being strong. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's not really what the song purports. When you say strong in the real way, you mean that there is just one way, right? And that's the real one. Um, um, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I think what this, what she's trying to say is that the like there there's there's other ways of being strong but then there's the real way um and in which case to her like she's saying that like yeah you can be super strong but the real way to be strong is like i guess in in the kind of way you can kind of just say her way yeah but but it's not like her way is the only way to be strong she just thinks like She's just using his terms, like, and spitting it back at him and saying, like, oh, well, this is the real way to be strong. This isn't like Sugale, who's just raw strength. She, you know, in Pearl's way, like, there's multiple layers to her strength. It's not just relying on one sole factor. And that's what I think the song is trying to convey. I think it's, I think what the song is trying to convey is that everybody has a very specific notion in the song of what strength is. Mm-hmm. And what I would purport to say is that none of them are the real way because really you can be strong in any way. Because when you say strong in the real way, the assumption is that all other ways are fake. Right? Because the, the assumption I would think that Pearl is saying is that Sigalite isn't strong. She Sure, she's... She's beefy and muscly, but she's not strong in the real way. The real way would be Pearl's way. And then Stephen would say, no, the real way is, you know, uh, working out. And it's sort of everybody sort of putting their own definition Mm -hmm. into what is real strength, when really strength has a a lot of definitions. If If you look it up in the dictionary... But in general, it's just possessing any skill that creates a likelihood of success in any other thing, right? Yeah. So 
so you can be a very strong sort of gamer, right? That doesn't mean that you work out. It doesn't mean that you um, have emotional stability, which are other forms of strength. Um, but strength, it's not something that there's just a singular way to be strong. And that's sort of what I took from it. Well, I think, um, well, we, we all know the, the ideas of strength. We're, we're, we, and I guess it goes to talent. We all have, have a talent. We're all strong in some aspect of our life. Um, but again, I think this show is more of um, Pearl's jealousy. Mm -hmm. um, you, you need to like my strength. You need to like my talents. You have to look up to me more. Um, and I think it's just, it, it's Pearl's idea of saying, okay, well, you know, this is, this is what I think strength is because these are my strengths and you need to look at this and... I don't understand with, okay, fine. Yeah, she's tall. So, but besides that, why are you looking up to her? But this also shows in um, her pettiness towards Amethyst. Mm -hmm. The way she reacts and acts to Amethyst. She doesn't understand why Steven likes Amethyst. Why he always wants to spend time with Amethyst. Um when when she's there why should he spend all this time with 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 amethyst when she is there for him um and yeah it sounds kind of petty but that's kind of how she thinks you know amethyst really is is she still kind of new to the whole being a crystal gem thing she's still very young um whereas she has experience she has spent time with his mother so she knows more of that stuff mm -hmm. um and he's choosing to like amethyst and now amethyst has become uh has fused with garnet so he's looking up to her even more and and again it's not pearl strengths pearl strengths are that she's organized um she's helpful she's compassionate things like that Whereas Amethyst is like, she's more fun loving. She's uh, flexible, flexible. She's reckless in all honesty. <laughs> um, but the things that he looks in Amethyst for is the fact that they are similar. The things that he doesn't know, um, there is a possibility that Amethyst may not know them either because she's never been to Homeworld. She doesn't know what it's like to ha have been part of this war for millennia. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think it's also important to note that even if Pearl's sort of message is has a, a tinge of jealousy, that doesn't mean it's any less valid. And I think that's that applies to so many situations that we sometimes try to sort of discount somebody's opinions or somebody's thoughts because we easily sort of put their feelings as if it invalidates their opinion. Even you can be jealous, you can be petty, but still dish out um, good arguments, right? And so uh, I don't disagree with Pearl that her her form of strength is very valuable. And this episode definitely postures itself to tell you that there's other ways, like Pearl's way to be strong, mm -hmm. especially with the ending, how she uh, sort of beats Sugilite through intelligence and agility, which are which are her personal strengths. And uh, so, yeah, just because she she is she has these feelings that that go into her thoughts and and why she does what she does, it doesn't mean that she's not saying a very valid argument mm -hmm. at the same time. No, and and that's um, completely true. The problem is that at this moment in time. Um, they, it's, I'm just thinking of the later episodes where we get to see Pearl sort of 
being really petty and it's just like yeah this episode um for lack of better word shows pearl's humanity yeah um this comment section is gonna be off the rails i would hope so (laughs) um this episode does show pearl's uh pearl suffers from a lot of the same things that a regular person would suffer from. So that lack of uh, self-esteem, self-esteem or, well, not lack of, but low self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Um, she sort of has, is going through a little bit of imposter syndrome also. Like, mm-hmm. what is my role of the, uh, in the Crystal Gems if I'm not the one that everybody's looking to for a plan or if I'm not the one for... yeah. Or if I'm not, if Rose isn't here for me to fight for. Yes. Yeah. So, I, I mean, it's it's a really good episode to see why people would like Pearl. Mm-hmm. As opposed to just being, oh, Pearl is, um, what are some of the things that they say about her? She's. <laughs> there was something that somebody had said about her, and I'm like, I was like, is that the reason why you don't like her? And I was, they were like, yeah. Um. I guess that she's stuck up. Um, Ugh, I love Pearl. Pearl is my favorite. But I, I don't feel that it's that she's stuck up to be stuck up. I think it's more of that um, uh, when when we act bigger than we are so that people will kind of want to be our friends. And then in, and in turn, it ends up coming off as being kind of stuck up or closed off or thinking you're better than everybody else and you're and you really aren't um but again how would she know how to act when she really doesn't spend too much time with humans yeah so so we had a lot to say about these last two episodes they were really they were a gold mine Really? Because I think you said before that you had some trouble with these notes. And <laughs> you had to revise them after no, rewatching. No, not this episode. Definitely not this episode. No, I think it was the episode we did before this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or maybe you just rewatched it just to add more stuff because you felt like there was more stuff. Because the the notes I have are the quote unquote revised ones. Um, they're always revised. <laughs> but that's, that's that's the pearl in me but it was definitely uh lion to the movie and beach party yeah. that i had uh more trouble with this one it was like stream of consciousness all the way i just kept writing as i was watching the episode i i i, th- I love this episode well not this episode of our thing but um episode 20 just because of again we get to see more of Pearl is not my favorite, but she, you know, we get to see the human side of Pearl. The reason why, um, sort of the reason why Pearl does what she does. Yeah. Well, if you guys think this is a good episode, just wait until next episode when we got some weird time manipulation going on. Yeah, there will be a whole discussion on quantum physics. Oh God. So- uh, Everyone bust out your test books, uh, yeah, brush up on your quantum reading. history. Yeah, I will exactly. not be part of that. <laughs> I am not yeah. good at uh, that yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah, just we'll start on quarks and then we'll go up from there. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, this is going to be the episode where everybody explains a lot to me because I'll just be like, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. No, I don't think we're going to talk that much about quantum fixes. Oh, but thank anyways, God. Um, thank God. <laughs> I was kidding. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a physicist. Um, I'm a chemist. Yeah. <laughs> I love physics. But um, anything else about these two episodes? Because we're, I think we're overtime. Um, Just a little bit. It's yeah. it's not going to be overtime. Trust me. We're gonna be we're gonna be fine. Okay. So anything else anybody would like to add? No, I I'm done. I got nothing else to say. Um. No, I think this is this was this was a great episode. I I do like to see Pearl's human side. I'm just going to keep calling it that. <laughs> yes. So, I guess that's it. <laughs> that was a most uh like unprofessional way to end an episode. 
Well, I feel like we'll cut that out, and we'll just when like when you just say your thing, we can cut to you just giving the outro, which you're about to give right now. There's an outro. Thanks for Our... listening to. Okay, no. <laughs> <laughs> this is horrible. That's okay. So thanks for listening to another episode of Here Comes the Thought. Uh, all of our Twitter handles are on the show notes. So if you want to have access to that, please, you know, send us some type of hi. How do you do? You can join us on our Discord. Again, that will be in the show notes as well as the HCAP forums with from uh, Geek Therapy. So all those will be in our show notes. Come, you get to uh, see John ramble a bit more about these episodes, and you'll actually get Mark to ramble a little bit more about these episodes. I know, I'm very... I I need to be better about being on the forums. I'm never (laughs) on the forums, so it's fine. I keep the forums alive. Yes, you do. Yeah, (laughs) really, you really do. All right, so until next time, everybody. Goodbye. Bye, everybody. (laughs) 